Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Andy Shea. Ross will be along for quarter number two and quarter three. This is our final commentary on the blue-white game from last weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit with Ross and then in quarter four with Andy. But first, we'll let's get to the news, Andy. I guess the biggest news along the uh, Penn State, not just football, but the whole athletic department, is the hiring of a new athletic director. Full disclosure, at the time we're recording this segment, Nothing is official yet. Friday morning, the Board of Trustees is having a meeting on personnel, so the assumption that will is about the athletic director. And the name being thrown around is Patrick Kraft, the current athletic director at Boston College. Your thoughts in general on bringing in a new athletic director, Andy? Yeah, so the athletic director of Penn State, and I think this is... This seems like it's a little suited for Patrick Kraft based on his background, if he is indeed the individual that Penn State hires. The AD is all about sort of the overall perception of the football program. That's It's a football school that is has a rabid fan base and enjoys big time and bright lights, right? That's what their fan base enjoys for their football program. It's a football school, so... The health overall of the football program is tied directly uh, to the athletic director, right? So, I mean, Patrick is what I would call a football-friendly AD. He played in Indiana. Well, he was a walk-on at Indiana. And his reputation is a football guy, right? So if, if Penn State hires him, um, he's taken over a sort of bellwether program for his athletic department that is fully immersed in the midst of mediocrity, right? They're five and seven and six and six the last two years, and they have a really tough season on many accounts it appears to be on the horizon in 2022. Look, everyone knows the health of the athletic department. The overall health of the athletic department is directly tied to the success of the football program. His marching orders coming in, Taking over a new job in the midst of mediocrity, it's pretty clear. Well, a couple things. First of all, yes, he was a walk-on at Indiana, but he did earn a scholarship. So he he did get to that point. Has a good background. The thing is, I'll, I'll spin it a little more positive than you, the mediocrity of the football program. The thing to remember, too, is this football program is tied to James Franklin. Sure. So this is not about an AD coming in and finding a new coach. No. It's an AD coming in who has to win with the current coach. But I think more importantly, Andy, with just the way the world is changing in college football, NIL, transfer portal, and within Penn State, well, not just Penn State, but everywhere, it's an arms race as far as facilities go. There's talk of an upgrade to the stadium. What has to be part of this resume is 
are you good at fundraising? <laughs> and just like in college football, you think the coach, it's about the X's and O's. No, it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. You better be able to recruit. Well, as an athletic director, you know what? You better be able to raise money. An ex-Big Ten football player trying to raise money at Penn State. That's a Sounds like a little bit of an inherent advantage to me. Uh, a guy that can speak and talk football with a very, very football front audience. Sounds like a pretty good match to me. Well, and again, he does have a reputation as a good fundraiser. Uh, he also, one interesting side note, if it is Patrick Kraft from BC, and we keep qualifying it that way because nothing official as we record, is he was the athletic director at Temple when Temple hired Manny Diaz as their head coach, which lasted just a couple weeks when, surprisingly, the Miami Hurricane job opened up. And that's hometown team for Manny Diaz. He ended up taking that job. So that's a little bit of an interesting reunion if it works out that way. Patrick Kraft and now Manny Diaz, defensive um, coordinator for the football team. Uh, let's move on. A couple more notes from actually on the football field. Sure. Uh, Cole Brevard uh, entered the portal immediately after the blue-white game. I think it was on Monday of this week that that happened. Big deal or not, Andy? Well, no, in my estimation, not really. I mean, he was part of the 2020 class, and he played in only one game in two years, right? And there's there's been opportunity there. He's not he is not part of the main rotation with PJ Mustfire, PJ Mustfer coming back, Devon Ellis, and Kaziah Izzard. That's the main defensive tackle rotation as you look forward into 2022. Remember, Hakeem Beeman is coming back from an injury as well, participated in spring practice. He missed all of last year. And then you have redshirt freshmen, you know, Jordan Vandenberg and Fatorma Moba. They're competing for depth at the snaps. They're just, it's the opposite problem of the other side of the ball in the trenches. There's, there was just, there's no room in the end, and he read the tea leaves correctly. I think, Andy, as much criticism as the transfer portal gets, and I think that happens with, you know, some of the high-profile players moving and teams are, or fans get very upset about it. This is another example of what the transfer portal was designed for. Yep. Players who aren't getting on the field, give them a chance to go somewhere else and actually play. That, to me, is what this one is about. And there's other things you could criticize about the transfer portal. I know a lot of times... Uh, players will go into the portal and never come out, and it's not in their best interest as it turns out. But this is what it's supposed to be about. And I'm going to use another news item to kind of uh, press that point, which is uh, Daniel George, who entered the portal earlier this year, just announced he found the landing spot at Akron with our old friend Joe Moorhead. Now, I think Daniel George, he feels like another one of those players that's been around forever. Right. I believe he was around. I think Moorhead may have been part of the recruiting process uh, when Daniel George came to Penn State. But here's another example of a guy who really wasn't going to get much, if any, playing time at Penn State. But in going to Akron, he's going to have a chance to play. Yeah, and... 
it's it's the opposite ends of 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 the transfer portal, both for the right reasons. And I think Daniel George, to be honest with you, he there was more opportunity for him at Penn State that he simply couldn't ascend to and meet and meet the expectations to to stay on that field, right? Um, I don't necessarily think, you know, Cole did that, but development matters, right? When you start getting passed in the left-hand lane by guys and you're, it's not like you you aren't any good. It's just you haven't developed and and sort of kept yourself in that left-hand lane. And Daniel George had plenty of opportunities. Guys didn't pass him. He developed, but once he got on the field, he just couldn't do it. So it's sometimes that level doesn't allow it. You know, who doesn't want to play for Joe Moorhead and be a wide receiver, for goodness sakes? And if Joe wants him and Akron wants him, that's that seems like a good fit for him. And the other part to this, Andy, is it's you, you said that he got plenty of opportunity, and perhaps he did, but he did. you bring in 20 to 25 players a year, you have 85 guys on scholarship. Well, guess what? You can't, all 85 aren't going to play. Correct. And it's not just a case where the upperclassmen are always going to play over the underclassmen. Doesn't work that way. He could be a very good player, but there's just better players ahead of him in the pecking order, and that's how it works. So, I, you know, I, I know, that, again, the transfer portal gets so much criticism, but I'm very much of an, an advocate of the portal because I think there's more pluses than minuses, and this is the perfect example get a guy a chance to play somewhere, and that's what he's going to get at Akron. Uh, the one other news note of the week, uh, another commitment, this one from a young player by the name of Conrad Hussey. He's a defensive back from Florida. By all accounts, a pretty good player. But what sticks out to me, Andy, is this. In their rank, I'm going by the rivals' ranking. He's the 67th best player in Florida. To me, that's a real commentary about Florida, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, if you're in the top 100 in Florida, you can ball. That's just stop right there, and that's your that's your benchmark for me. If you're a top 100 player in Florida, you've got some chops, right? That's that's where I go with that. He's what the I think this is the 11th verbal. Commitment uh, in the 2023 class, and it's it's not May yet, right, Jimmy? So that tells you the the sort of the movement in even the last three to four years in the recruiting circles. He's a you know three slash low four star guy. Um, he also runs track. I just want to throw that out there to you. So he he has a little bit of speed. I watch some stuff on him. I always like take a peek at the guy. Six foot one ninety. He's a safety, but he's also an athlete. He could move in a couple different positions on the field, but he doesn't do anything that like jumps out at you. He's not a jump out guy. Um, there's nothing that I saw that I said, "Wow, that's an elite prospect." But I say he. There was very little that I saw that I was like, "Yeah, he's got to work on that," or you know, that's 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 a worry point for me, or uh, you know, he doesn't do this as well as that. I, I didn't see any of that. So in my estimation, 
it's a good get for Penn State, A, because he's from Florida. You can't have enough. Good job, Jay Sider and Terry Smith. But he's one of those low-floor, high-ceiling guys, right? Like, he doesn't have a low floor, but I think he has a high ceiling. His talent just doesn't award a four or five star, but his play is pretty good. So I like him a lot. Okay, you mentioned Jawan Sider, who we often talk about as far as getting Florida players, especially at running back. What I'm wondering, and I'm going to tie this together, remember Manny Diaz, defensive coordinator coming from Miami. Not only did he coach there, he's a Miami uh, native. That's his home area. Might this have been that first uh, connection where it's a Manny Diaz guy because of a relationship that he had prior to his uh, stay here at Penn State. That'll be interesting to find out. All right, Andy, that's it for the news. Stick around. We got Ross Tucker coming in for his evaluation of the blue-white game. Stay tuned for that. Attention Penn State alumni, trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran need your support. Your alumni trustees have fought to debunk the free report and to honor Joe and Sue Paterno. And they led the charge on an unprecedented tuition freeze, saving students and their families thousands. Independent leadership for a better Penn State. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. 